This is a Renew original recording. Hello and welcome to the Believing People podcast, a project conceived to allow me, Matthew Butler, to spend time talking with people who are intrinsically linked to our drug and alcohol service in Hull. Episode 3 is a Transpennine car journey that sees me travel from St Helens to Nosley, Halton, Warrington, Manchester, Thameside, Bradford, Kirklees, Leeds, and finally stopping in Hull in just eight hours to discuss Hepatitis C and what's been done from each of the 10 Change Grow Live services situated on the M62 motorway. If someone didn't know what Hep C was, how would you explain that to them what it is? So we'd explain that it's a bloodborne virus and it's transmitted um, blood to blood, so often by sharing injecting equipment, um, not exclusively. Um, we have a lot of literature we can give to clients, we can explain it more in depth to them, but we try and keep things simple so that, um, you know, that they're not overwhelmed by information that we give them, you know, and we can reassure them that if they come to clinic and access treatment that, that you know, they can um, get rid of the virus and the treatment is easy. It's not like the old treatment that they used to get. Um, it's much more simple because a lot of clients have got um, experience of the old treatment that was um, quite unpleasant and, and wasn't always successful. Um, so, we, you know, we, we make sure that they're aware that it's going to be quick and easy. Yeah. What sort of barriers do you think there might be for people to come and get treatment for hepatitis C? Uh, I think one of the biggest barriers is it's a fear. I mean, first of all, one of the barriers is knowing that you've got hep C. Yeah. Um, but in terms of accessing treatment, I think the biggest barrier um, is the fear or the myths of what treatment is. Um, you know, people kind of think back to the days when they were so ill on the medication, on the tablets, and it was almost like having chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, and it's just making sure that people are aware what treatment is now and how easily we can eradicate hep C. If I was someone who wasn't aware about what the treatment is like, how would you explain that to me? So I'm a service user, I've just tested positive hep C. How would you alleviate some of those fears and anxieties? What would you, what would you possibly say? So I've been kind of explaining that it, it isn't like it used to be. Um, it's a very short course of treatment now, and it's something like 99% effective. Okay. And you won't, you won't feel ill, you won't feel sick with it. Um, and it, it's over about eight to twelve weeks. And what we'll do at the end of that treatment is we will we will do another test yeah. and just check that you've cleared the virus. What actually is a BBV screening? So the, the bloodborne virus screening that we're offering at the moment um, is a dry blood spot test. So basically it's a finger prick test um, and that can test everyone for HIV, hepatitis B and hepatitis C. Um, the results are back within two weeks and this identifies anyone positive for hep C. So if I, if I want to be tested for hep C, how long would that take? What is the, what is the process? Um, the, the actual test takes minutes, um, so everyone's offered that test at, at, at the assessment point. So the first part of it, we go through the, the BBB screen and consent form. Um, this explains what, how the test is going to be carried out, um, possible risks and, and if they may have been exposed to them, and then we ask a number of questions. So if you've ever injected any drugs, if you've ever shared any paraphernalia, and that can include straws, spoons, filters, stuff like that. Ever had sex with a, with a possible injecting drug user, had a tattoo or shared anything that could have had someone else's blood on it, for example, razors, toothbrushes, and then had any medical or dental procedures abroad. So we're 
getting a little idea if the client could have been exposed to any of these risks. So it just goes to show it's not just people that are obviously sharing, uh, injecting course, equipment, yeah, as well, which is a common misconception, I think, that a lot yeah, of people that, have. Yeah, that's a big part of the clients that we're trying to um, capture now, the ones that you know may have snorted cocaine or had tattoos or procedures yeah. like that. And how do you feel getting 62 in one week? We will try our very, very best. Um, it is a challenge, but, you know, it's we're, we're always up for a challenge. And for me, I try not to focus on the numbers too much and data. For me, it's about people and Absolutely. it's about making sure that everyone who walks through the door understands about hep C and understands how to get tested and the importance of doing so. Um, and also families. So we've had families that have come in, particularly people who've tested positive and who've gone back to the families who've said, how can I get a test? And we know people aren't routinely screened in, in the GP practices and our hospitals. So it's it's great that we can help and support offer yeah. that service to the local community yeah. as well. What do you think the barriers may be for some people uh, wanting to access treatment for hep C? Like personal barriers, nothing to do with, with your service? No, I think there's a lot of myths still mm. that... that uh, are, are lying around and I think when we first started on our, our micro elimination journey one of the things that really took me back was that service users didn't think that they would be worthy of the medication because of the high cost and I think that was probably something that lingered from the days where you would you know have your, your tests and then you go to a panel with the hospital and they would then you know, are you drinking either no sorry you know you're not going to succeed in treatment we're not going to waste our money for yeah. you know that's obviously not my what I think but we're not going to give that yeah. money until you're in a better position and that was the message that they had and I remember um, us, us testing a lot of people in one day and, and one of the guys said yeah I'll, I'll believe it when I see you yeah. and then the next week we had as bad medication he said I yeah. honestly did not think you were going to have that I honestly thought that it was just going to be another one of them things so yeah, yeah. Um, and we've got so many lovely success stories in different ways as well. So we had a gentleman who was under our offender management cohort. He was managed by the police in the building and he disclosed to the police that he tested positive and wanted some support with his treatment. So we were able to upskill the police in learning about hep C and treatment and pathways. Um, that gentleman cleared as hep T and he said he made him feel like a different person. He'd achieved a goal yeah. that he didn't think he would achieve. Um, and he felt different physical effects that he didn't expect and didn't know that, that this hepatitis C was causing. So uh, his cognitive function improved, his well-being improved, his health. Um, he went on to not offend again. They denominated him from the scheme and he's now moved on in his life. And the police say they feel like that intervention, that support and working together and that change in him reaching that goal yeah. made a huge difference to his life. That's amazing. How long is the treatment then for hepatitis C? It's usually between 8 and 12 weeks. Okay. Now that's something that we've been trying to get out there because there's so, still people under the misinterpretation that that it's still going to be like 12 months of interferon yeah. and they're going to be seriously ill and it's so nothing like that anymore. Yeah. It's very straightforward. Yeah. And the most side effects we've had is somebody had a dry mouth. Okay. Like yeah. you can cope with a dry mouth yeah, yeah. for 12 I weeks. Have, I have that every morning at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Just a little, yeah. One of the things that I've spoken about with um, other people on, on this journey is um, that hep C screening and, and having hep C, the reality is, that it's not that big of a deal for a no, lot of people. it's a great job for me at the moment, yeah. and this is why I'm really passionate about it, because yeah. it's, it's not bad news anymore. It yeah. used to be, and it really isn't. Yeah. And we can say about how many people that we've cured. Yeah. You know, you can come into service. They get vouchers now if okay. they go through treatment, so that's a real incentive for them. Vouchers work wonders. Yeah. Um, and that's really helped us on. We have drive days as well every month. 
Um, and we spoke to Public Health England and they do the anonymous questionnaire yeah. and they'll get a £4 voucher and that really encourages people to come yeah. in and get tested. I think yeah. anything really, just as long as you're positive, yeah. you explain the outcomes, that it's positive treatment, that, you know, little side effects and we are getting a lot more through now. I think I'd say that um, it's tablet only treatment now. There's very little side effects and I can honestly say that everyone we've had through who've taken the treatment on time have all cleared the hepatitis. Mm-hmm. People have continued to work with no problems at all. If people do get the odd symptoms, the headaches and things, we can discuss what they can take on top of that. They can only have to come and see us once a month where we'll give them their treatment to take away or we can store things here. If you know, if We did have someone who was homeless and was worried about taking the treatment with them. So we kept it here and we'd you know, make sure they had it every day. They'd come in and that really worked for that person. But it's just about, you know, it's literally 8 to 12 weeks of treatment. It's very easy and your chance of curing it is absolutely fantastic. And you've got us as a support. So you can ring with any time you can bob in um, it's great and, we'll and test people, anybody who comes in yeah, we'll just yeah. offer it to everybody oh, yeah. you know sort of the, we have an alcohol service as well so we'll offer it to them because yeah. at the end of the day you don't know what people's pasts are you don't know where they could have picked it up yeah. it's very easy to contract hepatitis and we just want to get as much treatment out as possible well, we've just been talking today which has been quite eye-opening for me about uh, cocaine users that yeah. are hepsy because they're yeah. sharing notes, yeah, notes. Blood on it. yeah um, so i think yeah. one of the things that in terms of not stigma as such, but my, my initial belief was it was just intravenous uh, drug yeah. users. So yeah. it's been quite uh, interesting to learn about yeah. the amount of cocaine users that yeah. could be living with hep C and not yeah. even know it. I think the thing that shocked me was the amount of blood you need to contract hepatitis C and it's so tiny. Yes. And when I met, saw that visually, I thought, crikey, you know, yeah. it, it could be anywhere. It could be anything really, so It could be anything yeah. to, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit more about the needle exchange offer that you have here? So we are testing people through the needle exchange as well now yeah. who aren't in treatment with us. Okay. So we have a full pick and mix range so, and steroid bags as well. Most of the people who use our needle exchange are steroid users. So is yours open to the public as well? It's not yeah. just service users? No, not, not just service It's users. open okay. to everybody so. and we're testing them through here exactly, as well. Yeah. So they wouldn't necessarily ever get tested because yeah. they don't see it on their radar. We've had, we found quite a few people recently who have never injected but they're hep C positive. How would that have happened then? Well, as, from what we've spoken to them about, it appears to be sharing cocaine straws. Okay. And that's not on people's radars. No, no. And that's become like almost socially acceptable cocaine at the weekend, doesn't yeah. it? There's a lot of young people doing it. And um, they're not, it's not on their radar that you could get a bloodborne virus from doing that. A lot of it is um, d- due to the stigma related to um, drug users and injecting drug users and people who are drink dependent. There's a lot of um, misunderstanding and, and quite a lot of ignorance about the people that we see in this building. But we have people, I've had um, um, service users who were police traffic cops um, uh, who had a problem with uh, binge drinking we've had solicitors through the door we have professionals and yet we have those people who are completely their life is ruled by the drug use and they may as well be and and they're also street homeless so they look like it's stereotypical uh, you know down and out I was going to say I'm I'm glad you said that because I think there there is that stigma there is that prejudice that people with um, substance misuse issues are you down and out so is your piece you know your person sitting on a park bench drinking you know a bottle of a bottle of scum projecting yeah. that's not the case obviously like you said this could be anybody so i think whilst people may think that hep c is 
um, just affecting a small group of people, it is actually much larger than that. And I think it, it's people really underestimate um, what Hep C and bloodborne viruses have done in drug services. Hep C is the biggest killer in drug and alcohol mm. services when it goes untreated. Mm. We estimate that there's 240 million people around the world mm. who have got hepatitis C who don't know they've got it. It's very, very easy to contract hep C. Mm. And the hep C virus can stay alive on anything that it touches in the blood from three, possibly six months, yeah. you know. And that means that people could pick up a, um, I don't know, a crack pipe or a, a note that someone else had used and use it, you know, if they get their um, blood on it, then, mm. you know, that, that hep C goes far and wide. Uh, around seven, eight years ago, we had the only treatment that was available was interferon. The side effects were very much akin to chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. You had the treatment for up to a year um, and you were only 50% likely of clearing the hep C. Yeah. Um, a very invasive process to and go through. Horrific side effects, yeah. which, yeah. you know, so, but now we've got tablets, a course of tablets, 8 to 12 weeks, 96% and above percent likely to clear um, the active virus. It's an absolute miracle. If anyone who's watching this video thinks I've put myself at risk, I've maybe had unprotected sex, mm -hmm. I've maybe, um, you know, snorted coke with um, a few people at parties that I wasn't aware of, the locally in Hull, they can contact Yorkshire Mesmac. Mm -hmm. Yorkshire Mesmac regularly test our family and friends of clients who may have been put at risk. Um, you can contact Conifer House Sexual Health Services, and you can also speak to your GP. But if anyone wants to ring me up here directly and say, Ellie, can yeah. I just talk this through with you? Very welcome to just contact me here and I can talk and through their options. When you first tell somebody that they're positive to hep C, What's, what is that like? For some people, they already know and they do expect it. Um, the ones I have delivered so far, they have already known um, or su suspect oh, at least suspected four, yeah, it. Suspected yeah. they have it. Um, one person I did see was, how to put it, gutted. Yeah. Um, and we got his referral in straight away and he is halfway through treatment now. That's good. Um, but yeah, he was... When you, when you say they know they have it, is it because there's symptoms or are they just aware that they're behaving in practice that can result yeah, in the spread so of Yeah, so they, um, they say, oh, I do feel like I put myself at risk um, or I've been in contact with someone that I do know is hep C positive. Um, we do have quite a few clients that come and say, I do need a test. I know I've been in contact with someone that has hep C. Yeah. Um, are there any yeah. symptoms for hep C for people? Like, so obviously this is something that people don't know they have for, for a long time. Is there any sort of symptoms that people could maybe spot to, to think they have it? Feeling quite tired, a lot of people have said. Yeah. Um, we do have one client going through treatment now and he says that since his treatment um, feels more clear-headed. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Why do you think there's a, an increased need to uh, be testing for hepatitis C and having these conversations with people in the community now? So I think you have to remember with, with the population we work with, like rough sleepers have a much lower mortality, mortality age than, than your average individual. And loads of things feed into that. 
it might be their substance misuse, it might be their physical health, it, but it can be things like hep C. So it's really important to engage with them around those topics to say, you're putting yourself at risk by sleeping out mm. when you, if, if you've got accommodation you can go to, but also there are these other factors that are affecting your ability to, to ward off what you and me would see as quite basic illness. Yeah. What do you think? For, for, so the one thing that I've kind of learned today and the one thing that we've been talking about is, is hep C for a lot of people just isn't a priority for them. At the, at the end of the day, there's people living with it uh, when they are experiencing things like homelessness and when they are entrenching an addiction of substances, how, how much of a barrier is that for you in terms of the people that you're working with? Yeah, I'd say the people How much do they with, care, I think, yeah. is kind of the question that I want to ask. Is. Almost zero, I'd okay. say. Def at the start of their journey, very little. Yeah. But we work with a lot of people through, through progressing through supported accommodation and into their own tenancies. We don't have as much interaction with them, but they re regularly engage with workers at a, every so often because out of necessity but sometimes because they want to. Yeah. And at those points, especially when they move into accommodation, it's we've linked them in with partner agencies who can look at their hep C status, their substance misuse and everything else. And it's encouraging them to engage in that at that point. Because we're right, if someone's rough sleeping, if they're soaking, if they're uh, sleeping bag soaking wet, they're freezing cold, we're not going to bother talking to them about hep C at that yeah, point. Course, yeah, That's yeah, not going to yeah, be their the priority. priority yeah. And but, it shouldn't be ours, should it really, as, no, as workers really, I guess, at that point, yeah. no. We're not going to have that conversation with them. But once they start to engage around their substance misuse and their more general health issues, that's when we can have those conversations yeah. and look at saying, what are you doing about this? Do, do you want to at least get tested? Yeah. And not to worry about it at the moment, but when you're in accommodation, that's something you can go back to knowing you need help with that. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to come to us and have a test, they could just walk through the doors. We will test anybody, okay. walk through the doors. Um, if they're not able to, we can get out to people as well and test them, but just come in or phone up. It's mm. dropping. We will just, we'll, we're always there to test. Um, in terms of Hep C, again, we've got a rapid referral service. So if somebody was positive Hep C and they want support in, in accessing treatment, we, we can do that immediately. And they would be booked into one of our clinics actually here in the building as well. Would they have to be in service to do it or would they be able we to? We tend to have people who are in service and if they're not in service, we can refer them on. Okay. Um, but they can drop in. We have drop-ins every day. Um, yeah. We run appointments as well. Some people work better with appointments. Some people work better if you say come between two and five. Yeah. Um, the GPs can refer them. You know, RCs will refer people in. Mm. But yeah, if anyone wants to get tested now, then just come in, ask for one of the nurses or one of the RCs, and we can get them tested. The nurses yeah. tend to do the bulk of the testing, really, because yeah. obviously that's our job, and we're free yeah, to do yeah. it. The RCs are really busy. Um, but yeah, we're here. We'll do it. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. So I'd like to thank Karen, Jim. Charlotte, Tony, Charis, Sam, Steph, Lisa, Ellie, Chloe, Fiona, Paul, Rachel and Ellie for your contributions and accommodating us on our journey across the M62. So you might be asking, how are we going to top this? Well, look out for me travelling north to south of the country in a future episode. And you're probably thinking, is that possible? Well, trust me, when you believe in people, anything is possible.